You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Tell the tackle, take the defensive end if he's over. If he's not, you drive down the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. You're right by them and feel this back. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in. What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We've got Tim in Green Bay. We got college football on all day long. Sitting here, screen to the right, we've got Texas and Bama on. Pat McAfee and the boys walking the sidelines. It doesn't get any better than this, fellas. I'm just telling you, football is completely back. How you guys doing, Jacob? How you doing, bub? Man, I'm good. I got the uh, – oh, shoot. Should I turn off my my TV in the back? I guess I didn't even think about that. That ding us. Hey, you know what? Let it roll. Just let it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I got my, my badges up back there. Um, did y'all see what Colorado did again? Huh? Oh yeah, dude. I'm telling you, bro. And he he told he he literally looked at the camera. And said, I told y'all we're coming. <laughs> I mean, I saw they're, they're two and zero for the first time since 2020, which doesn't sound like that big of a stat, but when you look at the people they played and kind of where people thought they'd be. <laughs> I mean, should is it Shadar? Shador? Shador, I think, is what it is. Yeah. I mean, the dude's dude, got Heisman stats out the first two weeks, bro. Beast, man. 11 yards in the first week. Like, and then I don't know what he finished with today. It had to be over 300. It had to be. Yeah, dude, he's uh he's real deal. And it's hilarious because everybody kind of doubted him. You know, they're they're you know, the normal opinion, the normal response. Well, oh, well, that's Dion's boy. Of course he's gonna let him play, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got the other guy, what is it, Travis Hunter? Is that his name? It plays both sides of the ball. Uh, Just yeah. a freaking beast. Yeah, I think play, it's Hunter. Playing like 200 snaps a game. <laughs> yeah, dude. Unbelievable, man. That, that kid is, and, and what's crazy is, and this is Dion talking, but again, Dion been talking and we ain't been listening. He said that Travis is worthy of the number one pick as a wide receiver or a cornerback, is what he's saying. And I and everybody's no, well, going out just like just like they're doing with Shador. They're going, I don't know. Okay, just bet against well, Dion's all I got to say. Go ahead, Tim. What were you gonna say? How crazy would it be to see him go go to the next level and continue to play on both sides of the ball, which like we haven't seen in the NFL in since what, Dion? <laughs> yeah. Like, right. So I mean I don't know, man, but that was fun to watch. I caught a little bit of that game, bits and pieces uh, this afternoon. Yeah, definitely. 
Let's give a shout out to everybody in the chat. We got Emilio in the house. He says, game time, folks, less than 24 hours. <laughs> got Cheesehead Murph in the house saying, let's go, go pack, go. Murph. And of course, Chad, Chad Inc. swinging through. PTA Posse in the house. Love it, love it. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Elevated Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love inside jokes. I love to be a part of one someday. <laughs> you. That's just the way we talk in the clink. Prison mock, man. I swear. I was getting in here and cranking it up. United Bates. Hey, United Bates, I want to give you a shout out real quick, man. For those of you who watched earlier, we did a chalk talk uh, episode, broke down some Packers Bears from that last game they played against each other last year. And Emilio let me know after the stream went offline. He said, you see what United Bates did? And I was like, oh, God, what did they do in the chat? I didn't even see it. I'm by myself. Usually Jacob's going – Clayton, look at the chat. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm flying solo. I have no idea what's going on, right? And um, I go back, or, or I didn't even have to go back. Emilio said that he donated several memberships to people that were in the chat that weren't members. And I didn't even know you could do that, which is really cool. So, wow. So essentially, yeah, I just thought that was awesome. And just wanted to give a shout out to United Bates, dude. You're awesome. If Emilio was telling the truth, you're awesome. If Emilio misunderstood that, then United Bates is going, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> I'm assuming that's what happened. If so, man, we appreciate you, buddy, for sure. Um, let's see here. Roger Davis. Roger, how are you going to be like that already, man? What's wrong with you, dude? Roger <laughs> Davis said, show, <laughs> show me the D. That's what she said. <laughs> right, that's, that's how Saturday nights go, boys. It gets a little <laughs> off the rails quick. She's Ed Murph in the house. Zane Strong. Game day tomorrow. Can't wait. It's finally here. Go, Pat. Go, man. It feels like it's been forever. I'm excited. I am absolutely jacked. Uh, John Schmidt, less than 24 hours. And, of course, Emilio said, yeah, I hope I didn't mess up. I do, too, man, because now I look like a moron, which I always look like a moron, but you just ate it and be looking more like a moron. So there we go. We got a little bit of news that dropped, Jacob. We're going to hit on this real quick, Tim. Um, so it sounds like halfback Patrick Taylor was elevated from the practice squad as well as cornerback. Enos Gaines. Now, keep in mind, remember what Paul Brettel said about Enos Gaines. He's they kind of looked at him as the backup slot corner. Right. And, you know, when they when they cut him or, or you know, waived them, I guess you could say they assumed he would clear waivers. He did. And now it's it's literally like you have a 54 spot on the roster, which is absolutely awesome. In this case, 55 spots. Right. Of course, you've only got what is it on active game day? Is it 45? Am I thinking right, Jacob? I think it's yeah. I want to see something like that. So anyway, um, we're bringing up Patrick Taylor. So we now have three active running backs, right? Or, or is that four? That's four, right? Am I thinking right? Right, because of Wilson, right? Yeah, yeah. So we got – yeah. So that ahead, just, right away I start thinking, like, what does that mean? Why would we do that? If anything, I thought we'd bring up a wide receiver. Well, does that tell mean you. it's a tip of the hat that LaFleur is going to go run heavy? Because to me, that's kind of what I see. I, I don't know. And it, or it, we're going to see uh, more Aaron Jones in the passing game. Maybe Aaron Jones is going to be utilized more as a receiver. Exactly. Yep. With four, and this just popped in my mind, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I thought about this before we went live, but immediately I just think, okay, yeah, we're probably going to see a lot of pony package. A lot of pony package, flex Aaron Jones out wide. That way you've got fresh legs. you got four uh, four pairs of legs there. Um at the, at the running back position. Now, another thing, they did not elevate any wide receivers. And I think it was Rob Domofsky, somebody on Twitter said, that would lead you to believe that they feel good about Romeo Dobbs, right? So, okay, that's great news. And we, and we all know we're going to hit on the injury report here in a second. But that means they feel good about 
Romeo Dobbs. And then, of course, like Tim said, it also means they feel really good about Dontavian Wicks, who was pretty much uh, full participation now. Um, but also, when you look at it that way, if you didn't elevate another running back, that's another tip of the hand to say, okay, probably going to lean on uh, four running backs as opposed to five wide receivers, right? So um, just, just stuff to kind of keep uh, an eye on. And let's do this real quick. I'm going to uh, – no, we appreciate you, United Bates. Thank you for doing that, buddy. Seriously, man, that, that uh, these are the type of listeners we're looking for, people that actually give a rip about other people and can get along in the chat and just talk ball. But, man, yeah, we're glad you're a part of this group for sure, dude. Um, let's do this. Let's go to the injury report real quick. We got an updated injury report. This is the final injury report that was released. So David Bakhtiari obviously did not participate, but it's veteran rest. He's going to be active. Romeo Dobbs is questionable for the game, uh, according to Matt LaFleur. He goes out there tomorrow morning, tests it out. If he feels good, he's going to be a full go. Rashawn Gary still limited participation, but we're expecting him to be on a pitch count slash snap count. Anthony Johnson Jr. for participation. We had Christian Watson did not participate. He is officially out of this game, so he will be inactive. I like that move. Hey, if it's if it's a hammy, rest that thing, get him ready for the next game, right? Um, and then you've got Dontavian Wicks, which was full participation. Now on the Bears side, you had uh, Brisker, their DB. Um, he's full participation now. Dylan Cole, linebacker, limited participation. He is questionable, game-time decision. Uh, Nate Davis, offensive lineman, full participation. Eddie Jackson, full participation. Mercedes Lewis, full participation. And Demarcus Walker, uh, defensive lineman, full participation. Now, one thing that did come across the wire that I think Rob Demosky tweeted out, <clears throat> and he had basically quote-tweeted a blue check um, Twitter account called Bears Communications, so it seemed pretty legit is what I'm trying to get at, pretty large following. They said Bob Tunyon tied in for the Bears is now questionable for the game. So something happened there that he was downgraded to questionable. So with that being said, Jacob, injury report, what sticks out to you, Big Dog? Well, when I look at it through my lens, I look at it through a fantasy lens. Um, so I just – when I heard that Watson isn't playing, it's just like, oh, great. Like almost every team I drafted is without their – in my opinion, one of the best wide receivers out there is just as far as fantasy goes. Then you look at it through if, if Romeo Dobbs is ready to go. Well, <clears throat> if he's not, or even if he is, I wanted to get you guys' opinion on this. What I think is that, again, through a fantasy lens, but even just on a, uh, trying, to, trying to diagnose what the game's going to look like, if Romeo Dobbs is good to go, even if he's 100%, which we know he's not because he, he wouldn't be on the injury report if he was 100%. Do you keep him at that standard X or does Malik Heath drift into that role? You maybe take a Jaden Reed and you put him on the other outside perimeter and you maybe take a Samari Torre and make him kind of that slot guy. Cause Jaden Reed did that at Michigan state. A lot of people think because the guy's five eleven, you know, very, I wouldn't say very small, but he's a, he's not a, a typical wide receiver prototype, right? Usually right. has their like six, three, six, four, they're massive, big guys decent amount of speed usually when you look at christian watson lots of speed but Torrey and and uh and uh uh reed are just kind of not that same mold so i think that i look at malik heath i look at what they think that he could do in the run blocking game as is also like into the i think he's just a dominant receiver man i think he's a possession receiver if dobbs which we know is not 100 percent, i think we put malik heath out there we got Jordan Reed or Jalen Reed at the other side, and I, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of Luke Musgrave is what I think in this game. I think, like we talked about, what Tim said, Aaron Jones utilized a ton in the passing game. Uh, 
Dylan's probably going to be that smash mouth taking over the bulk of the run carries is what I think. And then I think that you got some guys that are peppering in. I think Luke Musgrave is going to get 10 catches. I think he's going to be a freak. I think that's what's going to happen. Dude, that's that's if, Luke, if Luke Musgrave comes away tomorrow with 10 catches, uh, put it on the ticker. I'm buying an autographed jersey tomorrow. It's happening. I just I got that <laughs> feeling, dude. Got dude that, feeling. that would be absolutely awesome for sure. And I like what you're saying about Malik Heath, uh, you know, out there in the X. You know, to me, his strength is posts and deep digs coming across the middle. And then on top of that, having him out there in separation. I mean, you could you could go a little nasty look, right? The 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 uh the uh what do you call it? Nasty split with the X and and you know kick him inside just a touch too to help in the running game. Um, but yeah, I feel good about Malik Heath, man. I really do. Now when it comes to Romeo Dobbs, Tim, I think you put him out there, right? I think you uh I think you put him out there and see how it feels, see how it goes. If some something happens and you're fortunate enough to jump up by a couple scores and start trailing them off a little bit, right? Start backing off the reps a touch. And something that Emilio mentioned here in the chat, I want to say, um, he's Emilio's asking, will they dress Wilson though? That's a good point because I, I, I don't know what in the deadline is, Emilio. If you do put it in the chat, but they may choose not to dress Emmanuel Wilson, right? That's that's something they could do. And obviously, they've got him on the active roster to protect him because they don't think anyone else was interested in Patrick Taylor. It's just Goody playing chess for sure. But, Tim, how do you feel about what Jacob said with Malik Heath, Romeo Dobbs specifically? Um, you know, how would you like them, uh, like to see them use Romeo Dobbs, I should say? Uh, I'm right there with you, Jacob. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and the nasty is what we all love, especially some bunch <laughs> nasty. And mm. uh, I think you're right with Heath, man. You put that guy in between the numbers, like you were talking about in the chalk talk. Nasty is is the alignment, you know, in between the numbers. And you know, he plays effectively there. We've seen it already in small doses uh, during the month of August. So that's definitely something that I, I'd like to see. Um, Romeo, as far as his load or how how he's going to be utilized, I'm I'm with you too, Clayton. Like we should we should put him out there. He's a, he's young enough. Um, and I, I think he's had the most time with, I think he was the first guy who tweaked the hamstring. So he's been probably rehabbing this a little longer than, uh, Scoot and, um, Tay Wicks have. Um, so I, I think, uh, Romeo should be fine. It's funny because, you know, I was reading somewhere that, you know, Romeo's basically our, our veteran wideout <laughs> in this, yeah. in this lineup, um, the most, most games and most snaps, uh, last year. And, uh, you know, it's funny for any second year player in this type of situation, I, I don't think we could want anybody better than, than Romeo Dobbs. He seems poised. Um, he doesn't look like a year two guy. He, uh, I think he's going to step into that leadership role really well. So it'll be great to see him on Sunday. Definitely. And when you talk about Romeo Dobbs, even though he's just a second year playing, being kind of that veteran presence in the wide receiver room, the thing that pops in my mind is exactly what you talked about, Jacob, how I think it was since his I think it's since his junior year in college, Romeo Dobbs's junior year in college. He has worked out with Jordan Love in the offseason. So they've got that that chemistry and it goes a long way. You know, when you're talking about other young receivers trying to get used to a new quarterback mastermind in the chat said we have to stop the run first and force fields to throw. The Packers should put Jaden Reed on the outside in place of Christian Watson. I love it. A lot of people don't understand this because I'm not going to mention them by name, but some of the more popular uh, oh. radio, <laughs> one of the, one of the more popular rate or a, a few of the more popular radio guys that cover the Packers, 
they're constantly mentioning Jaden Reed as a slot. Jaden Reed is a slot. As I talk, talked about on Chalk Talk earlier, it's not necessarily the slot as it is the flyer, right? And how that receiver is utilized. He's ne- he's never he's hardly ever lined up in the slot, but you motion it into the slot or motion it away from the slot. Uh, but also, um, they don't mention that when he was at Michigan State, how much he lined up on. He was on the boundary more than he was in the slot. So Over. he can play that boundary receiver like Watson. Over fifty percent, he lined up. There you go. So, yeah, I'm with you, Mastermind. Let him stretch the defense. You need someone to stretch the defense, especially if you're – like we talked about, when they play this this zone drop defense uh, over there in Chicago, whether they mix in man or not, and I'm sure they will mix in man, but when they play that zone, you run a flood concept. You want to flood the zones. You want to put – you literally want to stress one defender and force him to cover multiple receivers. That's the negative aspect of zone with the positive being you're always keeping everything in front of you and you're facing a mobile quarterback, right. And facing the run as well. But um, when you talk about flood, that flood concept, who are you going to have to take the top off the defense, right? Jaden Reed's perfect for that. I think they said four, three, seven was what the Packers had him clock. That's what Paul Brettel said. Yep. So, so there you go. Um, this right here too. I'm excited about this. So pro says DJ Moore versus Jair will be fun. If, if the alignment dictates it, right. Um, if, if they have Jair following DJ Moore, I'm just going to tell you, I don't expect it. You may see it occasionally like they did that second uh, meeting against Minnesota there with Justin Jefferson. I don't expect it this game, but if you see it, Jair should dominate DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a good wide receiver. He is not a great wide receiver. Jair Alexander is a great cornerback, borderline elite cornerback. I, I think he he kind of fluctuates between elite and great personally. That's just me. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Elevated Sean said, Matt LaFleur feisty lately in the press conferences, and they seem to be under five minutes. He's been given nothing. Jacob, we talked about that the other day, didn't we? LaFleur yes. seems you, to be getting a little chippy. If you actually look in the – there's like six other comments in the chat, and they all said, yup, 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 yup. And I watched the same thing. He doesn't give a rip anymore. I remember watching Matt LaFleur in his first couple of press conferences, and it's like, oh, yeah, real happy to be here. Yeah, like just, you know, eyebrows on fleek. <laughs> and then I love like. <laughs> I, like I don't like the, yeah I exactly I don't like the aw shucks Matt LaFleur I want Matt LaFleur to be the all gas no effing break guy all right so I like this new attitude and you watch him dude he has no time for any of it they're going but well, what about Watson what do you think about this he goes you want me to just give you the game plan is that what you want you want me to just give you the injury report <laughs> what do you want you want me just to tell it to you in front of that like he's he doesn't give up you know what anymore oh, yeah. And I like yeah. that about him. I need him to get a more of a calloused ego there. Could stop being more of the pretty boy guy. And and what we've talked about, though, the guys even said it. I believe it was Kenny Clark in an interview said, this has been the hardest practice or uh, uh, mini camp slash offseason that he's ever been a part of. And they asked him especially why. He said everything from the tone, the tempo, the schedule, that they're asking a lot out of these guys. And when you stop and think about it, if Matt LaFleur is the coach, I hope and think he is, he realizes that I've just lost a ton of depth at, at, you know, veterans, you know, Mercedes Lewis left, obviously Aaron Rodgers left, Lazar, Cobb, a lot of other guys left Tanyan. this organization, Tanyan, that, and now he's seemingly saying, Hey, new guys, this is the way we're doing it from now on. We're not doing the old stuff anymore. We, we don't sit here and play patty cake. We're going to actually start hitting each other. We're going to actually start yep. playing a lot of uh, physical practices. And we're going to start doing scrimmages. We're going to start doing 
we're going to play our starters in the preseason in the two two quarters. I think that's massive. That's massive. You, you cannot tell me that this team is not more advanced than other teams in this year specifically, but in, in any year, uh, specifically a Packer year, because the Packers, we put bubble wrap around these guys. and We didn't let them see the field. And every single, we lost the last four freaking week ones, right? Yeah. Because we're not ready to play. And Matt LaFleur said, all right, I got a bunch of young dudes and a bunch of young guys. They're going to be ready to play week one. Whether or not they're going to be hurt or injured, we're going to make sure that these guys went through the meat grinder. I kind of like that. Yeah, I do yep. too, man. I do. Our shower says the preseason has been basic as basic could be. They've shown nothing with any wrinkle even. That's the thing too. Look at the lack of pre-snap motion in the preseason, guys. Like it's – I'm telling you, I, I expect them to come out tomorrow – and there to be bodies going everywhere, every direction pre-snap, uh, for sure. John Schmidt in the chat, uh, member of the PTA posse, says, the secondary seems to be the strength of the Bears' D, so it makes sense to attack with tight end and running backs on the linebackers. I don't know, man. I kind of see the linebackers as the strength personally, and I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong. It's just kind of how I see it. I trust PFF a lot, and um, I, I think that they are, you know, Edmonds is more of a pass cover tight or a pass cover linebacker. And, of course, Edwards is a more well-rounded linebacker, right? I see the weak spot being the left side of the front and their corners. That's personally me. I, I you know, And I'll pull it up here real quick while we're at it. Might as well, right? Let's pull up their defense real quick. This is their nickel defense. If you see it, I know it's kind of hard for you guys to see, but uh, hopefully you can make it out. I'll kind of read it off from left to right. Cornerback on the left side of the field, 62.9. Slot corner, they've got Gordon there at a 49.8. On the defensive front there at right outside linebacker slash edge, 62.4 at right end, which will be your one to three technique on the left side of, against the left side of your offensive line is only a 45.8. And then, of course, Stevenson's a rookie corner on the opposite side. So I would like to see them attack the running game off the left side, run weak, load it strong. Get them to roll that uh, to roll that those uh, that gap integrity to the right side and go stretch weak and then also attacking the RPO game out there on the perimeter when it comes to that side uh, of the ball as well. Let's see here. So John Schmidt says one hour to game time is the deadline for active. So that's when we'll find out. Um, everybody, Mike Hevering saying it too. Wilson will be a healthy scratch. Sounds like it. All right, good deal. we got a super chat here. Let's see what Josh Martin says. What what? Watson is close to the injury-prone category type of player. I really hope they can rein in his injuries. Yeah, you know, I I love Christian Watson. I think he's a hard worker. I think he's got just an endless amount of talent. But anyone who doesn't look at the fact that, you know, it's hard for him to stay on the field, then they're just choosing to turn a blind eye to it. You know, it is what it is. And it's like uh, I think you were saying the other day, Tim, you know, when you got a guy that runs that fast, a guy that's got that much explosion, you're going to pull hammies, right? And there's going to be a thin line between keeping those knees and hamstrings healthy when you're running up with that kind of torque, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think uh, as fans, it's important to remember that, you know, when guys are hurt a lot, it's easy for us to just want to, like, assign blame. You know, is it strength and conditioning? Is it the, you know, is it the player himself? Is it, you know, is it something in his workouts? And we we tend to get critical. And, guys, it's football. This stuff happens. I mean, we could probably run down injury reports across the league, and there's hamstrings galore. It, it's a part of the game. And it's just – it does. It sucks when you see it kind of happening to certain guys maybe more often than it does to 
to other guys. There's guys who can play uh, a full career and not have hamstring issues, but they may have ankle issues or back issues or shoulder issues, you know? So, you know, injuries are part of the game. I know it sounds like a cliche. Um, I just hope that Scoot is back on the field sooner than later. And Hey, it's going to be one of those things when it's, you know, someone's down next man up. And uh, when you are available, even if you're not quite a hundred percent, let's get the most out of our guys that we can, when we can get it. And, you know, we're going to win as a team this year, guys. So, you know, keep scooting your prayers and uh, hopefully uh, he sees the field again soon. You know, if he's got to miss a game to be able to play the next, you know, seven to 10 or 12 or 14 in a row, then I say that's great. You know, so let's let's give him time and, and see just how serious this is as we go forward. Definitely, definitely. And again, Josh Martin, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate you. Um, nostalgic in the chat says, I hope the players and staff get up for this game. The Bears are treating this like it's their Super Bowl. I don't know, man. Um, I guess they kind of are. They're running that mouth, though. You usually don't hear people running the mouth before the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm telling you, now Brisker's coming out talking trash. Now oh, we hate Green Bay. You, you heard the other no-name defensive lineman that came out and talked about how the fans in Green Bay were, you know, trash and this and that. Um, and I know it's all about hype and, and building up hype for the game and all that good stuff, but uh, I don't know, dude. I, you just got to go out there and handle business. I don't I don't ever treat a game as a fan. There's a lot of people, and I'm just going to say it, and I don't care if it pisses people off. Four or five weeks ago, there was a lot of people talking trash about the Bears. And as we got closer to the game, those fans are getting really quiet. And on both sides, you've got Bears fans that talk trash all offseason. Closer you get to the game, they're getting quiet, right? Because people know their mouth has wrote, written checks that their butts might not be able to cash. So – Here's the thing about the NFL. Any given Sunday, any team can win. Any team can beat any team. It's my opinion. I, I believe like Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy used to say that there are no bad players in the NFL. You've got good players and great players. And the difference between a good player and a great player most of the time is because a great player is put in a better position to succeed, right? You're not going to have a quarterback coming to the league that's trash. I'm sorry. It's not true. It isn't. You know, people like the dog Jeff George. Jeff George way back in the day, back in the 90s, right? probably have more arm talent than than over half of the quarterbacks in the league today. But he just couldn't put it together, right? He didn't have it between the ears. He In game situations, he just couldn't put it together. It doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. It, if you put him in a better situation, I mean, like, look at Aaron Rodgers, right? If you – people don't like to hear this, but the truth is the freaking truth. If you put Aaron Rodgers on a team like Tom Brady had and Tom Brady on a team like the Packers had, the success is probably going to be pretty similar. Right. Because look at Bill Belichick's focus on special teams, the little things, the game time set. Those things matter, man. They matter. They're boring. They're boring as hell as a fan, but they matter. Um, so I don't know, man. Just uh, again, I, they may be treating it like the Super Bowl, but it's one of 17 games and you got to treat all of them the same is the way I kind of see it. Chad Inc. in the chat says, uh, at Mike Ebring, I noticed that too. Doesn't seem like Matt LaFleur is in the mood for the media right now. I don't blame him. I don't know if you guys noticed, but what was the talk the last two years? It was about how Aaron Rodgers is a distraction. Aaron Rodgers this. Aaron Rod Now Aaron Rodgers is gone, and what do they immediately try to do? They try to flip the script on Matt LaFleur now, right? Yep. And I I'm sorry, man. I hear the way they ask questions, and it's disrespectful. That's just the way it's, I see it. It's 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 low blows. It's it's uh, backhanded. Bingo. So, it, it, like the way they were, and God, I can't. I don't want. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to. I don't want to start doing. Don't. That. No, no, it ain't worth it. Don't. <laughs> so so Matt, you know that you have a problem with this and this and this. So 
how are you going to overcome the fact that you aren't a good coach? You know, right. what I mean? there's, always, there's always narrative placed in front of the question. You never just get a legitimate question. It's like they they have to set this narrative yes. before they Shine. can even ask. Shine, I agree. I agree, elevated Shine, but whatever. Uh, uh, it's just I it, like you talked about. <laughs> imagine I scroll down. Oh God, there it is. <laughs> imagine, imagine your life, your 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 job. Is to cover a team that you clearly don't enjoy. Like, what are, right. what are you doing? I, I just, I don't know. It makes no sense. It and the, the part that gets sense. me is they openly over and over and over say, I'm not a fan of this team uh, anymore. <laughs> He'll specifically say anymore. I'm not a fan of this team anymore. I'm going, what the hell? What did they do to you, man? What happened, bro? You hurt what happened? They, yeah, they what they they pull a Nancy Kerrigan on you and hit you in the <laughs> knee with a pipe or something? Like, what happened? My knee. Um... I, that's the only thing I can come up with. I don't know, dude. But hey, I'm with you, Jacob. I think about it. And what's crazy is I I listen to his program almost daily, and I enjoy the content. And it's just like literally two or three times an hour, something like that said. And I'm going, why, dude? You know 90% of your listeners are Packer fans. Why are you trying to tick them off? And maybe it's so people will talk about about them like we're doing right now. Maybe that's it. I don't know. John Schmidt in the chat says, losing Watson speed hurts. Man, the wide receivers dominate in the chat tonight. Yeah. Um, I'm digging it. It does hurt, John, but at the same time, man, think about it. When you think about his speed, what think think of a moment or two from last year and where it applied, right? And this is how this is how you can kind of get over that. I don't want to say fear, but you know, that accepting the fact that it sucks that Watson isn't out there. I think of the Dallas game where he took the top off the defense, right? Well, Romeo Dobbs has proven he can do that, okay? He's fast enough. Jaden Reed is, is definitely fast enough to do that. I'll give you someone else. Luke Musgrave can take the top off. Okay. So it's not like we're just left. We only got one speed guy. He's hurting the rest of our possession receivers, right? Like these are guys that can really move around the football field. So I wouldn't stress it too much. I'm excited to see the game plan, though. I think this game is going to be one, like I said, with uh, the team that protects the ball is going to come out on top. I think the latest is it's, it's still a one-point spread, if I if I understood correctly, uh, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. So it's going to be close. It's going to be who protects the football and uh, who makes those key plays in those key moments. I'll tell you this, though. Go ahead, Jake. No, I was just going to say, if you notice, though, that, that spread changed pretty quickly. It started, uh, if I'm not mistaken, like a week and a half, two weeks ago. What were they were like, gosh, I want to say it was more than three, wasn't it? And that was basically a pick isn't it? Yeah, it's it's right at it. Last I checked, it was one point is what I've seen. Now, it got to a half a point, and then I believe at one point when Christian Watson was uh, listed as uh, out, I think it went back to a point. I was going to say, if Watson's a go, if Dobbins is a full go, I'd almost bet the Packers are getting a couple points. I'm just <clears> – yeah. All right, Mike Hebring in the chat says Jair should shut more down, right? How do you feel about that, Tim? Do you think you do you think Jair um do you think that DJ Moore um can can kind of put Jair on his on his uh on his heels, or do you think Jair handles that no problem if indeed they are matched up one on one? I'm with you. Um, you know, DJ Moore is a really, really good receiver. He's not he's not on that upper echelon. He's not bordering elite. You know, when we saw Ja Lockdown Jefferson last year. There was a reason for that. You know, Justin Jefferson is, you know, at that level. And uh, it made sense to, and it clearly worked out for us, correct? So that that was a situation where we saw. And, uh, you know, I mean, Josh said it himself, you know, well, if I got beat, 
chances are it's because of something I did. And I, and I can correct that, you know, and, and it's not because of who I'm facing. So um, I think situationally, you know, games, game plans uh, can not necessarily go out the window, but they can evolve and change very quickly after that first series or, you know, first few snaps even. So yeah, I think that with what we've seen with coach Williams working with uh, the secondary guys, um, particularly Jair with being a little bit more pressed up on guys at the line, you know, I could see them breaking that out, but I'm with you, Clayton. I think we're going to stick to our, our principles and, and, you know, if we're going to see man, it's going to be some of that, you know, man match or man on demand that you discussed. And, you know, I think Ja is a versatile enough corner to do it. He can play you straight up man on man and follow you around all day long. And, and, <laughs> but, yes, he, he but he's also a guy that can uh, play the quarters and he can play in a space and come up and make a tackle or maybe, maybe jump around here and there. So, you know, I think they're going to utilize him the right way. And I still think Jaw's going to have that, uh, that freedom to, to kind of line up where he wants to. So we might see some variance there um, being that he does have that freedom that if he wants to play a little off, he can, if he wants to play up a little, he can. So uh, it's definitely something to, to keep an eye out for, but I don't see them like zoning in on DJ more like we did with, uh, with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what you guys should zone in on. And that is old Southern barbecue smokehouse. They got five locations in Rice Lake, Hudson, Arden Hills, Minneapolis, and Shakopee. Now, if you're at a distance, first of all, if you're local, go in, check it out, man. You can, you can eat right there in-house, but also if you're throwing together a Packers party or or anything in the future where you're going to have some people over at, the, at your house, you want to have it catered, um, check out their catering menus where they've got everything from the briskets and the ribs, all that stuff, multiple sides. They can have the food brought right into you, make it as convenient as possible. But if you're like me and you're at a distance, but you still love to, to, to smoke and, and all that good stuff, grill out. You definitely want to check out some of their products at OldSouthernBBQ.com. That's OldSouthernBBQ.com. They've got uh, multiple rubs. They've got four different sauces right here. You've got the uh, Southern Gals Sweet Brown Sugar uh, Sauce. You've got Dixie Red Rich and Smoky. You've got the Chicago Blue Mild and Tangy. And then my favorite, the Chicago Fire, which is uh, absolutely awesome if you like spice, dude. I'm telling you, when Jacob sent that to me, it was it's so good. It is so freaking good. But make sure you check them out. Again, that is uh, Old Southern Barbecue um, Smokehouse, and you can check them out at OldSouthernBBQ.com. Now, uh, a special deal we've got going right now, if you do place an order there online, they got some really cool setups, too, like some different bundles you can get. Uh, make sure you type in the promo code PackerNet15. That's capital P, Packer, no space, capital N, E-T, one five. No spaces. It's capital P, capital E or capital P, capital N, it's Packernet15. That'll get you 15% off your purchase. Make sure you check them out, Old Southern Barbecue. Appreciate them sponsoring the show. Back to the chat. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view 
on all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Someone mentioned a, a little Quay Walker, and I know my man Tim going to get excited over that. He said, uh, Zane Strong in the chat, member of the PTA Posse, said, I'm looking for Quay to have a big game. Man, I, I'm telling you, Tim, I want to see him just absolutely peel Justin Fields' cap, dude. I want to see him in that double rat. I want to see him uh, just playing underneath and keeping his eyes on Fields. Guys, you've seen the chalk talk I did earlier. Jacob, I'm sure you've seen it, right? Like, if you haven't got a chance to watch it yet, he did not do anything in the pass. The only, the only pass and play he hit on was when Ja got caught botting when he should have been mod and let uh, Equinemia St. Brown get behind him. That that ended up setting up explosive play. Of course, triples your chances of scoring. They go down, get a seven-yard run by, guess who? David Montgomery, who is no longer on the roster. So with that being said, you you remove that and you remove the read option where he basically we had four missed tackles on one play and Quay Walker's back was turned to the to the ball. I think Quay's going to come out and play a lot better. What were you going to say, Jacob? No, it's just uh... – one of the cool little wrinkles in prize picks, which you can bet an over-under on, which uh, these did not come out until just a couple days ago, but they got Quay Walker slotted at seven and a half tackles or assisted tackles. Like, to me, I, I just – every time I look at prize picks, I'm an idiot because I'm – I just – over, over, <laughs> over, over, over. I want more. Hammer it. They got Devondre at seven and a half, and they got Quay at seven and a half. I'm just saying, if the Bears are the – who we thought they were, they're going to be running. They be running a lot. And I think they're not going to be doing I, – I just – man, I, I'm, I should be nervous about this game without the fact that obviously Watts is in there. We could not have Dobbs. I just don't fear the Bears' offense. And I think that our defense – I think Quay's going to eat, dude. I think Devondre is going to eat. I think that our defensive line is going to put Fields in a position that – and I, if I'm not mistaken, Clay – Tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe there was it was either an interview with Kenny Clark or with someone else, and they asked him specifically, like, how do you expect to stop the run? And he's like, just wait and see. We got something new. Yeah, dude, he was confident. Paul exactly. Brittle was talking about it, yeah. He's like, yeah, we got something new. You'll see it. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Let's Absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's hilarious too. Like John Schmidt says in the chat, I can't wait for Gary to welcome that rookie tackle to the NFL. Everybody immediately says, oh, well, we've got a stud right tackle, right? Okay, he's a rookie tackle. Right. And, uh, and, actually, and, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, darn all right. Right. He's 6'5, 333 out of Tennessee, first round, 10th overall. His PFF grade is a nothing because we don't know anything about him. Right. I'll tell you who we do know about Rashawn Gary, first round pick, 2019, round one, number 12 overall, 82.9 PFF grade, just this last stint here. And we all know it's probably bigger than that. Right. I would love. I, Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll, I'll be humbly corrected if that's what happens. I think that Darnell Wright is going to have his you-know-what kicked in all game. And I think that Rashawn Gary is going to make that guy feel like he should go back to Tennessee, hang out with Clayton, and just you know, <laughs> hang out with Emilio down there. <laughs> Emilio. 
<laughs> I love it though, but immediately, Tim, the Bears fans, when you bring it up, exactly that about Garrett. Well, we 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 got a first round tackle now, and, and this is my response every time. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell. All right, let me tell you. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> I'm just telling you, dude. I think Gary, I think Gary is chomping at the bit, Tim. How do you think they'll play that tomorrow? I, I, I think if, if, if for some reason we pull away a little bit, they'll probably, hey, let's back it off, Rashawn. Let's go ice it down, take the rest of the day off. But if it's a close game, Bain's going to want to be in there, right? Yeah, and I think you know, with him being on a snap count and you know being kind of watched under a microscope. We all understand that, but I will tell you this. If he's going to be on the field for a snap, uh, they're not going to have him doing anything but what he does best, you know. So I don't I don't think they're going to restrain him in any way when he's actually on the field. I think they're just going to try and control that, that snap count. So uh, he's going to make an impact, and I'm with you. I mean, this has the makings of being a close game just – just on the strength of the fact that there are so many variables and unknowns too. Like, I mean, we can look at, you know, you did a great chalk talk today, breaking down that last matchup last year, but there is so many changes, um, both teams. And, uh, you know, so we'll really see on Sunday, but I'm not saying it's going to be a shootout, but uh, I think the defense is going to get home and get home often and eat. Um, And then I think the bears are going to make adjustments and I think it's going to come down to, you know, our adjustments as well as the game progresses as to how we, uh, you know, put the nail in the coffin and get out of there with the win. Yeah, definitely. It ain't got to be pretty. Let's just, let's get through week one, get some snaps for these young guys, try to get a dub, come out of Chicago and, uh, and just like the, uh, the old school lumberjack band marching around the corner there, Run that mouth a little bit before you get on the team bus and get out of town. We got Josh Martin with the super chat says uh, the key to winning the game is the D line is being aggressive, but maintaining their zone to not over pursuit uh, that creates running lanes for fields. Absolutely. And the thing that we noticed on chalk talk that we broke down today, Josh Martin is those wide nines. You've seen them playing that contained. They didn't just pin their ears and go right now. LaFleur made a comment earlier in the week that I I don't want them to worry. I just want them to pin their ears and go, bro. I guarantee you, he said that in public, and then he went right back. He's like, listen, we're keeping this dude in the pocket. Make him freaking play quarterback. Make him play quarterback. Do you What's think that? that or, or do you think there's any chance that we got like a designated Quay's spine all game and that they're no. baiting him? They're saying, go ahead, Justin, run, go do whatever the heck you want to do, and just letting Quay eat. <laughs> I think he would have to, he'd have to really put some yards on us before we went and fall out spied him, right? Yeah. We- yeah, yeah. I think it would take a, a major, you know, like even that read option. I don't think they went back to the sideline there that last game, you know, that game, the second game against the Bears last year. I don't think they went back to the sideline. They were like, oh, crap, all right, we got to do something different. I think they looked up and said, damn, guys, tackle. Like, he missed four tackles. Like, we, they literally on – it was the perfect play call. Like I outlined on, on Chalk Talk, yep. they run a zone read, right, with a nickel blitz off of the zone read side. So literally, his his focus is the quarterback, right? He's blitzing the quarterback. So it just so happens that you know, Justin Fields pulls the ball out of the belly, jabs outside. I don't blame Keyshawn as much because Keyshawn, if anything, you can't let Justin get outside, and he did not let him get outside. He forced him back into the teeth of the defense. It's just everybody else crapped the bed. But um, yeah, as far as maintaining their zone, yeah, not over pursuing. I think that's going to be huge, Josh. I think it. I think it's going to be absolutely huge. For sure. And we appreciate the super chat, buddy. Thank you so much. We got another super chat. This comes in from United Bates. He said, um, I'm excited to watch Quay. Met him last year on my first trip to Lambo. Look at that. First trip. 
nice right. guy and took time to talk to me. I think he learned from his mistakes. Him and Campbell are a beast together. Campbell is so underrated, and I'm telling you right now, if somebody's hungry this year, boys, Jacob, it is Devondre Campbell, dude. That guy, you've seen him on Twitter. He he, he finally yeah. let the cat out of the bag just how hurt he was last year. Didn't yeah. make excuses all year long. And was just like, dude, he's if that ankle is good to go, how are you feeling about Devondre Campbell there with Quay Walker? I, I, dude, I am I, I love that man, and I'm not afraid to say it. I love <laughs> Andre Campbell. I mean, everything like you watch this dude post, he don't give him a rip on uh, yeah. Instagram. He's kind of like David Cock nowadays. He's kind of just throwing it out there. He's like, I made millions. I don't really care a crap what you guys yeah. think about me or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just love him. I love I love his mentality. And like you talked about, the guy was injured last year. He's, he's made it known and that he knows that he can play better. And I really do think that him just being at a, a regular par level is so much more than what we had from last year. And that if Clay takes, or if Quay takes that step, that linebacker crew, that's scary, bro. That's that's Look that's out. a couple of dudes that can cover and that can thump. And uh, you guys give me one second here to pull this up because, again, Devondre Campbell, seven and a half tackles, and Quay, seven and a half tackles. They got them both at that, like, I think they're both going to blow past that. I mean, if, if like, what we're thinking, the, the, the Chicago Bears run game, I think it's going to be pretty hot and heavy pretty quick. They're going to try to think that what they can do, because what they, to be honest, what you, what you could have done to the Packers defense for the last few years, just run. You can just run and you can blow us up. And then when we don't stop the run, Justin Fields can drop back and then scramble and we're screwed, right? Yeah. So I, and I, I'm, I'm hammering Quay there. I'm hammering the Quay over. You say yeah. seven and a half for both of them? Seven and a half for both. Yeah, and that's I would take assisted and full back. Yeah, and, and I would, Tim, I would feel pretty comfortable about taking Devondre Campbell too, but the ankle injury, again, if we jump out to a big lead, I could see him resting the rest of the game. That would suck, you know, get out to a 14-point lead. He's got four tackles, and they go, all right, he's done for the day. <laughs> You're sitting there looking at your bet going, mother. That would suck. That would suck. Um, let's see. There was something else I was wanting to hit on. What was it? Um, those two guys to get. No, that's it. Anyway, thank you, United Bates. Appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate the super chat. And so, again, well Josh said about, so well said about uh, Quay Walker, too, uh, United yeah. Bates. I can vouch for that. I've met Quay a handful of times, and he always takes the time, you know, to chat with you. And, um, you know, the whatever image they were trying to create around him last year of him being, you know, some kind of hothead or whatever, it's just – it's not – it's simply not true. It's like Clayton said, I don't care how you feel. I mean, the truth is the truth. You spend, you know, a few minutes around the guy and uh, get to know him a little bit, and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. So – and I think, you know, with real quick with, about Quay here – my little take on this is this is a guy who was thrown into the fire as a rookie. And I still think he did pretty damn good <laughs> he did considering, awesome. considering, and now he's in year two, he's uh, a little bit more refined. He's made some strides, but now Devondre has got this, this nagging ankle issue. And so Quay is now playing from a standpoint where he knows that, Hey man, at any, any minute here, it could, it could just, this is going to be my spot. And it's going to be me and McDuffie or, you know, I'm going to be the leader. I'm the green dot. And so this is going to be a real interesting season when those two are on the field at the same time, seeing Quay and, and Devondre, I hope we see it for 17 games. But uh, if we don't be prepared to see Quay step up and uh, embrace that, that leadership role for sure. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. Uh, Roger Davis in the chat, he's going to ask a strategic question here. He said, would you rather start on offense or defense first series? Boy, this is right down my alley. This, this is what I'm choosing. All right, let's say we win the toss. It's Chicago. You guys have seen on the ticker, the weather's supposed to be like 73 degrees, sunny to partly cloudy, 5 to 10 mile an hour winds. Get out there and check that wind pregame. All right, if you've got it blowing into an end zone, make sure you have the wind at your back in the fourth quarter. That's top priority, in my opinion, in Chicago. If you've got a crosswind, don't worry about it. I prefer to defer to the second half. That's me personally. However, I understand people who like to approach it from the standpoint of the team that takes the lead first. You know, I think I can't remember what the percentages is, but they they win the majority of the time, right? So the team that jumps up on top first, so you want that first crack at that. Jacob, what's yours? Again, mine is check the wind. If the wind is if the wind is at 10 mile an hour and it's blowing into an end zone, make sure the wind's at your back in the second half or in the fourth quarter, I should say, in case it comes down to a field goal. And then as far as uh, if there is no wind, I would prefer to uh, defer to the second half. What, what do you what do you prefer to there, uh, Jacob? Oh, boy. Um I know you play Madden. What do you choose, man? Talk to me. Well, I mean, come on now. The Madden pick's pretty much uh, – and I, 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 to me, I mean, and this is going to sound like a stupid kind of hippie kind of answer, but to me, I'd, I'd ask my team, I'd say, what do you feel like? Like, what's your – are you ready to go right now? Like, are you ready to bite someone's freaking head off? Are you ready to bust kneecaps? Are you ready to just absolutely demolish these people? If so – which one of you is it the offense or the defense who wants the ball who wants the first shot at this and i want like my captains to tell me yeah i want this i want to like and and i like you talked about you have to look at more conventional things like the weather elements the the logistical things that make more kind of common sense but if it's a if it's a 50-50 crap shoot i want to ask my guys what do you think what do you feel right now you got the fire no okay then we're going to kick it if if you got the fire in your belly then all right we're going to take the ball you know what I mean? Like, it's whatever it is, man. Tell me. Tell me. That's how, it, in my opinion, that's what a good coach can do. Judge what your yeah. guys, what your troops, what your, you know, what 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 they're for. Tell me what's up. We'll go and go on the battlefield and and you know, put the product out there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Mike Hebring. He says, off topic a bit, but the Vikings might be extending Justin Jefferson soon. Say, give him at least a hundred million per. Oof. Now, Oof. if Burrow is worth 55, JJ worth 100. Whoo, that 100, no, 100 that. million per. Nah. Um, I, yeah, I would have to look at the market. Um, he definitely, Mike, I will say this, Bob, he deserves the top of the market. I think he might be the best wide receiver in the league. I think he may be. Tim, how do you feel about Justin Jefferson? Let's take our green and gold uh, colored goggles off here for a second, all right? Justin Jefferson, where do you rank him in the NFL? And uh, what do you think he's worth as far as is he worth top money? Is he worth top three, top five? Or do you even see the receiver position as being worth that much money? How do you see that, man? Well, to speak to Justin Jefferson, I mean, I I think he's a top five uh, receiver in the league um, right now. Uh, Going into this season, of course, we haven't haven't seen what kind of year he's going to have this year. But I think if he was in green and gold, we would love him, you know. So – as far as, uh, you know, the position, I mean, you know, the, the NFL is a, you know, more more gun than run type of league uh, as of late. So I think wide receiver is probably more valuable now than it was maybe 10 or 15 years ago. So I don't know about 100 mil per, 
but I will say this. I do, I do think Jefferson belongs in the, in the top five list or whatever we want to want to do. Make your, make your top five list of uh, wideouts in the NFL. Justin Jefferson's going to fall somewhere uh, in that, in that category to me, top 10 for sure. There's no debate on that. Um, but uh, Tim, Tim, I'd go top three to be honest. I I hate saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would too. Like I said, I don't think anybody should should go into a negotiation going, all right, we're going to make him the highest paid wide receiver. I think you get top three, top five, top ten, kind of break it down incrementally like that. I don't know if you guys can see it. I'm sure it's blurry. But his contract uh, here in 2023, his cap hit, you're talking about a, about a steal, $4.1 million. In 2024, I guess that's the fifth-year option, $19.7 million. And then he'll be an undrafted free agent. Now, when you look at his market value, according to Spotrack, his market value is 287 uh, average annual salary. So the contract that they say he is worth it is very rare. They do a seven year uh, market value contract, but that's what they've got. Seven years, $196.4 million with an average annual salary of 28 million. And I think let's see here what the guarantee it does not mention the guarantee. So yeah, like I said, a couple years out on that, but um, yeah, the way I kind of see that is, uh, well, that looks weird, don't it? Look at this. Let's see if we can get back where we were. There we are. Um, yeah, so I, I would think by the time he hits the market, it may be as high as $35 million per. Um, but if he stays healthy, Mike, I think he's worth every penny. Now, as far as 100 a year, if you're talking about $100 million per year, you know, like I said, per year, no, no way. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if it's Jerry Ross walking through that door, right? right. Um, personally, but yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Make sure we didn't miss anything else. And again, Mike, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. I'm going to try to get caught up on these guys, but we have fallen way behind. Um, obviously, we want to uh, to honor those with the super chats, and we appreciate everybody's support the stream. Adam in the chat says, Reed or Musgrave will have a huge day tomorrow and be considered a favorite going forward for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Book it. Jacob, that sounds good to me, dude. Now, I'm telling you, Musgrave, every time I talk to Paul Brettel, um, he's, he's very high on Musgrave, right? Every time I, you know, I hear Andy Herman talk and when we had him on here, Andy, Her- I heard Andy Herman, I think it was on, um, on with Marcus Eversall the other day, live on WDUZ in green Bay. And he said all camp long, I kept trying to, uh, I kept trying to, uh, what, what was it? What was the word he said? He said, temper expectations, right? He said, I can't do it anymore. The dude is absolutely wild us in camp. Absolutely wild us in camp. Now, the other sportscaster, which will remain unnamed again, oh. that we talked about earlier, he came out and said, well, the people I trust say that it takes several years for tight ends to become accustomed. And this and that. And it's like, okay, dude, how long did it take George Kittle? How long did it take Travis Kelsey? How long did it take Goddard in Philly? If they're a good tight end, they pop quick. Yeah, and it's, it, If mediocre yeah, tight ends might take around. a year Usually it's the other way around. They pop quick and then you hope they can play a long time. Right. You know, like the guys like Gronk are, are like freaks of nature, you know. Kyle Pitts, look what he did. He was everybody said he was the and I'll say this like like Tim just said, you come off and you pop. So in the last forty years, basically it's been maybe it's more than that. So it's been like Dicka, <laughs> uh Evan Ingram, Kyle Pitts, and Jeremy Shockey basically are the last few amount of tight ends there might be one more i'm missing there that have gotten over 750 yards in their rookie season so i understand that there's a bit of a and they say that the tight end position is very hard to learn in your rookie year as a as a 
as a pro, which I understand because think about it. You have to learn all the passing concepts, all the run blocking concepts, yeah. all the like route trees. You have to probably do a lot of special team stuff, right? So you're, yeah. you're and everything's moving a hundred times faster. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. exactly. But I, dude, I have no problem saying that Luke Musgrave, I just, I, I think he's going to, I really do think that he's going to get over at least 500 yards passing. I and mean, if the guy stays healthy, obviously that's a caveat. Um, but right. even, even you look at, I think that this, again, through a fantasy football lens, when you guys look at, if you do a matchup, let's say for, if you go to DraftKings and you go to a, a daily matchup or a one-on-one matchup for the Chicago bears, uh, a Packers game, you got Aaron Jones, Jordan Field, uh, Jordan Fields, Jordan Love, and Justin Fields are up there at the top at you know like eleven thousand, ten thousand, nine thousand. They have Malik Heath at two hundred dollars. They have Dontavian Wicks at three hundred dollars. They have Luke Musgrave at I think at like thirty seven hundred dollars. You could pepper all those guys in and still sign the guys like the big the big wigs, right? So. And if you're a fan of your team, the week one, week twos, I say this all the time in college football. This is the time if you know your team and you're going into a week where maybe you have some injuries, that's where you go and flood some of those little low dollar bets, you know? And it's like, because nobody on the opposition is thinking of Maliki. Nobody's thinking of Dontavian Wicks. Oh, nobody's really thinking that Luke Musgrave is a real tight end. You guys have an opportunity there to slip in in week one and make a lot of money. I'm not telling you to bet. I'm just saying if the Packers go off, there's nobody other than diehard Packers fans that are making those guys picks. I'm just saying. Definitely. All right. Uh, Carly Ray in the chat says, talking defense, I'm wondering if they will start Rashawn, then go to Enigbari after so many snaps or or if Enigbari will start at the other outside linebacker position, given how well he played in the preseason. I'll tell you, the way he played in the preseason, Carly, um, you know, I think it kind of justifies him a spot. But I think they're going to go with Preston Smith opposite Rashawn Gary, rotate Enigbari in. Now, the cool thing about Enigbari in the preseason, you've seen him do <laughs> that straight arm bull rush, right, from the left side, from the defensive perspective. And then you also seen that over-under move, um, or the swim move, rather, from the right side. So he can play both sides. Right. And I think you're going to see a little bit of a rotation on those passing downs on the interior with our boy, Lucas Van Ness. I'd like to see him get involved there as well. What did you, what did you see in the chat, Jacob? No, oh, nothing. John's just telling me, says, Jacob, you're going to send me to gamblers anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Hey, Hey, that's just, uh, Stay just how it is. The damn weed. <laughs> you got to control it, boys. I'm telling you, keep it. Set you a rule. Listen, don't spend responsible don't gambling. Yes. Set you a rule. Set you a budget, and say, all right, here's how much money I've got to gamble with this year. And when I lose it on week one, which will probably happen, <laughs> then you just stay with it. All right, it's just the way it is. John Schmidt in the chat says Belichick would have traded AR12 away. They wouldn't get along at all. Can you imagine Bill when his starting quarterback starts talking about doing hallucinogens right. <laughs> in South American? It's funny you mention that, John, because the rumor was this offseason that the Patriots wanted Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers declined to be traded to the Patriots. So keep mm-hmm. that in mind. You can, you can Google that and find that report. So it's funny that you mentioned that because it sounds like it was the other way around, although I don't know, man. Maybe Bill's on the shrooms too. Who knows, right? Who knows? Maybe that's how he uh, – Drums up those uh, those really good defenses, right? And by the way, guys, I just got this. I'm so excited about it. Just came in the mail today. 
a little throwback, right? And look, it's the Bill Belichick hoodie, baby. The the cutoff hoodie. Let's go. Let's go. I love Belichick. I'm sorry. I just can't help it. I'll be watching their game early tomorrow. That's just, uh, just the way it is. All right. Let's see here. What else we got in the chat before we get ready to wrap this big bear up? Um, I know there was another one up here I was looking at. I keep losing my place. You guys are awesome. Dude. Y'all have lit it up tonight. Um, this is a good point. Um, Roger was Wildy's boy. He doesn't think Matt can get it done without him. Mike, you know, again, I listen to the show all the time. I like Wildy. I do. I just don't understand why he approaches it the way he does from time to time. Um, but uh, as far as Rogers being his boy, you hit the nail on the head. Like he, he want, you can tell he wants LaFleur to fail miserably. Now he'll say he wants the team to do well because it's good for his business. But I'm telling you, man, he, uh, He's definitely wanting to fall flat on his face. There's no doubt about that. Um, Let's see here. What else we got? Chad Inc. says, when we went to Arizona with none of our starting wide receivers, I thought about this the other day, Chad. It was like two days ago I thought about this. With none of our wide receivers, starting wide receivers, and Matt LaFleur had an amazing game plan, and we came out with a dub. I trust Matt LaFleur, the guy's amazing offensive mind. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, when has he ever had to kind of win against adversity? Because, you know, the, the argument's always he's got Aaron Rodgers, right? But when Tay was out that game with COVID, right, against Arizona, and they came out and just lit it. I mean, in Arizona, you know, it's easy to look at Arizona now, Jacob, and, you know, they're they're horrible right there. I mean, they're hot garbage. But at the time, they were like the best team in the NFC when we went down there to play them, right? And Rasul Douglas with that game-sealing interception. Oh, that's right. That was the loudest pop anybody's gotten out of me in the last three years of watching Packer football. I'm telling you, I screamed like <laughs> a freaking kid, dude. But uh, how do you feel about Matt LaFleur's ability to to game plan like uh, Chad's saying here? You know, I, I've been a very harsh critic of Matt LaFleur in, in certain ways and, and probably to that, that was unjustified if I'm being honest with myself and if I'm reevaluating what I've said, but my gripes have been with the fact that the guy's just not, he's just not tough. He just seems like the guy that like, he seems like he's going to cut your hair, not coach your football team. Like it's just, <laughs> and I've seen in the last year, something's, something's clicked with this. Guy. Something's, something, has clicked inside of him where he says like, I don't want to do this. You know what anymore? And I'm, I'm sick of people pushing me around. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think I know what clicked. I think I know what clicked. What 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 clicked? clicked? Well, I mean, come on guys, Aaron's gone and it's, this is Matt's team now. You know, this is Matt. Matt knows that this is my team. And so I'm he's the, damn head, coach. I'm the start... damn head coach. Everyone yes. can have the input they want to have. But at the end of the day, this is my team. And this is how we're going to run. This is how we're going to play this year. We talked about setting the tone right, early. Hey, 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 that's just the way we talk in the clink. That's how we do that's... it in the clink, Tim. Tell them. Tell them that's Tim. right. Prison, prison, Matt. Prison Matt in full effect. <laughs> <laughs> that's a meme. Oh, that's my a meme. God. Let him with make it rag. You got to get the new rag. Matt is not – he's rag. not putting up with missed tackles. He's not putting up hey, – we see uh, with Jonathan Garvin, he didn't put up with missing OTAs <laughs> and playing like crap when you show up to, to training camp. You know, we set the tone early. And uh, I, I'm with you, Jacob. I like I like pissed off Matt LaFleur more than I like <laughs> I want to be everybody's friend Matt LaFleur. Yeah. And it looks like right now Matt ain't trying to be friends with anyone. He's got enough friends – 
he's got a great family. He's got a great job, a great young team here to coach, and he's trying to win ball games. And the rest of it is all nonsense. I love it. I, I, I love seeing this side of him, and I hope it lasts all year. I really do. I hope I, we we talked about that months ago. What did we say? We wanted to see a little more, uh, a little more piss and vinegar, and uh, looks like we're getting it, guys. Took it out. Fired up over here, dude. Got me fired up. I'm telling you, prison, Matt. That's happening. Yeah, we're, we're making that yeah, hey, happen, bro. Hey, hey, hey. That's just how we talk at 12:65. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. And he hasn't even had any daddy. Tim hasn't even had any daddy sodas tonight either, man. My man is primed up for the game. Get us the mat. Prison mat, please. Get us that. Can we have, yeah, or have Justin hook something up or something, man. Justin, yeah, Justin. There we go. Oh, yeah, we'll make, we're going to make it happen, dude. It's done. It's done deal. I promise you that. That's a Photoshop (laughs) waiting to happen. Oh, here. by the way, real quick, real quick, because I know we're already over. I didn't get a chance to give my um my take on the whole coin coin toss. Oh, scenario. yeah, that's right, man. So, sorry, so man. you know, so you know, I'm a, a defensive guy. So you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say if we win the toss, I say we defer, and I say we put our boys out there. We three and out them right away. Get the ball back with great field position, and we go to work. And then we... Roadhouse. That's right. And that ball in the second half coming back to our offense is a great feeling too. So, you know, maybe we get creative. Hey, how about onside kick in the opening kick? Oh, surprise (laughs) onside. First, first kick off. Right out of the gate. Please don't do that. Oh my God, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob said, please don't do that. Jacob's trying to cancel bets right now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Now, look at this. We're getting ready to wrap this show up. Everybody's laughing. Everybody's having a good time. And United Bates said, I'm going to drop a 10 spot just to piss everybody off. He said, how are we feeling about Joe Barry? <laughs> well, I'm, let me go first, United Bates. I like Joe Barry, okay? When I watch the tape, I see great schemes. I don't I don't ever find myself going, damn, Barry, that's a bag. Like, I just told you the read option, right? That's one of two explosive plays in that game. And he called the first the perfect play call. The the other one, Jair got beat against the Bears there deep with Equinemia St. Brown to set up the other touchdown run by David Montgomery. Again, blown coverage, great play call. I can't find it. I cannot find the tape from last year. And I keep telling people, and, and listen, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, guys. I'm begging people, show me. Like right here, look, Emilio, he'll be watching the all 22 the whole game. Look, listen, if you I need you to find me a timestamp, go to a game last year and go, this was a horrible play call by Joe Barry and timestamp it for me. And I'll pull it up and you may be right. I haven't found it. Immediately people think of the Washington game, right? I did a chalk talk on the Washington game and showed that it was blown coverage. When you've got a guy running butt naked through the trailer park across the middle, right? And he catches a pass and they see, they see a Darnell Savage trailing him from 10 yards away, right? He tackles him, and they go, look how far Barry's got him playing off. But then you see Darnell Savage stand up. Look at look at uh, uh, Amos, Adrian Amos, and they both go, like, they're confused. Somebody blew the coverage. Like, I don't know if Savage was right. I don't know if Amos was right. But I know somebody was wrong, right? I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, okay? I'm from Harlan County, Kentucky. If it wasn't for my toes, I couldn't count. I'm just telling you right now. But when you see two people arguing with each other that the other one made a mistake, somebody made a mistake, right? 
So I'm just begging people, show me, and, and I'll tell you where it started. It started with some of the podcasters. It started with some of the live post-game shows where people were half drunk and making idiots of themselves and uh, telling listeners to commit suicide and all these stupid things, right? Those are the ones going, hey, Barry, playing soft again. And I'm watching the tape going, and if you mention watching the tape, if somebody like me, I'm going to get here real close. If somebody like me mentions, why well, watch the tape? Oh, we got a, a tape guru. Because all they want to do is get drunk as a skunk during a watch party and then pretend like they understand what's going on in the field. And if God forbid someone disagrees with their take, now all of a sudden, oh, well, you're just, okay, you're a, you're a tape guy. It, it absolutely drives me bonkers. I'm done with my rant. I feel good about Barry. But the argument, the argument I do have, or the the argument I struggle with, is when people say, "What has Barry done anywhere he's gone?" And I go, Ugh, "Yeah, that's a, because that's when he's a defensive coordinator in other places, they finished dead last, right?" But again, we improved his first year, right? Injuries a lot last year. I think that played a role, and I think Jair Alexander, when he came out earlier this year and said, "I think we were making excuses for ourselves," talking about him and the DBs. Remember when they were saying they wanted to play a little different, right? Um, I, I think that comes yep. into play too. But anyway, I, I like him. Jacob, you go, buddy. How you feel about Joe Barry? All right. So this is going to sound like kind of a cop-out, but it's it's just not. I, I've grown to understand, like you said, Clayton, that Joe Barry has a scheme. And whether or not the scheme gets executed properly or not, we, we should not. Joe Barry made a good scheme. If the guys didn't play the plays – and do the responsibility, get their designations, do what they're supposed to do on any given play. You can't blame the guy. And it sounded like uh, was uh, it was a Jerry Gray was the old defensive coach. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was the, he was the old DBs coach. Yeah, I believe he's not here anymore. Is that correct? No, he's yeah. not. He left. And there was some sort of, I believe, like some sort of kind of mix up there where they didn't seem like like you talked about how the D backs were maybe feeling a certain type of way. And I think that now maybe this is a more unified defensive front. And I think, especially when the front seven, I mean, I just, I have no, I just don't think that this team is going to be clear. You look at what we lost addition by subtraction or whatever you call it. Um, I love the guy, Dean Lowry. You know, you, you've been a great Packer for a long time. Jaron Reed. Thank you for, for your service. Um, but that was just, you guys were fillers. And I, I don't mean to say that as if uh, I, you know, I could never play the position. I'm a, I'm a bum. Those guys were not elite athletes at that position. I believe that we have replaced them with elite athlete potential. Devontae Wyatt, I mean, look at Brooks and Wooden and the guys that are on the edge, Quay and, and freaking Devondre. I mean, and you look at our secondary, obviously the, the safety is our biggest glaring need right now, but Joe Barry has a lot of puzzle pieces to use. And I will say that after this year, this will be my test. This will be my whether or not I, I, I believe Joe Barry is worth, you know, being a uh, even in this league, because if he can't succeed with this team, with this amount of talent, this amount of first round talent, then, yeah, I think that it's time for him to hang up the cleats that he coaches with. So, gotcha. Tim, how you feel about Joe Barry, Bob? Uh, well, I feel like Joe Barry wasn't missing tackles last year. So <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, I spent a little bit of time with him at camp this summer. I got to got to walk with him over to the to the facility and chat with him a bit. And uh, I'll tell you, from my perspective, man, he's he's the kind of guy you want coaching your defense, man. He's a he's one of these guys that's a, a coach's coach and a player's coach at the same time. 
and uh, guys needed to buy in. And to Clayton's point, when he referred to Jair's point, it's true. A lot of them guys were making excuses last year. There was a lot of finger pointing and confusion on the field. Um, and guys kind of going rogue, you know, when you see Jair leave where he's leave his assignment and, you know, blow up a play and make a great play, it looks great. But it actually, happened that same game yeah. too. It was, it was yeah. crazy. And in actuality, you know, if he does it and he misses bad or, or his read is off and it's a 67 yard touchdown, it looks terrible. So right. playing within the confines of the system and believing in the system is, is a big thing, and the players have to do this. Now, to Barry's point, I will say this. I do feel like, um, and we've seen it, he's definitely has an agenda of being more aggressive this year, which is good. It's something we all as fans wanted to see a little bit more of. And um, also the fact that he's playing to the strengths of the players within his defense. So I think as much as we just talked about the players, you know, having to do their job and, you know, buy into the system, you know, your coordinators also got to kind of tailor that system to the guys that he has at his disposal. And to Jacob's point, we've clearly upgraded at basically everywhere except safety. I mean, so, you know, the defense to me, I'm excited. And with, with Joe Barry, man, I, I'll tell you, I'm not a fighting man, but I'll, I'll fight for Joe Barry, man. So don't, <laughs> don't have too many daddy sodas around me and start flapping your gums about our, <laughs> our defensive coordinator. Uh, and Hey guys, Hey, we're going to see it tomorrow. He's in the booth. Okay. He's not on the sidelines. He's where, he's where a coordinator should be. Coordinator should be in the booth. I agree with that. Yeah. 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 And this'll be, this'll be a really good opportunity um, to see, you know, for him, for him to see his quarters concepts out there in real time working and being able to get these adjustments made, um, I think it's going to be great. So, yeah, I feel great about Joe Barry. I really do. Um, I'm not one of those people. I, I never I, I, I never hated him. I remember when we first brought him in, people, you know, oh, well, God, he was such a dumpster fire. And he had, they had won. And they, teams he's been coordinating for they finished last it's like yeah that just means he's due <laughs> that's yeah. how i look at it i'm i look at it from a positive angle like well man this is like again a baseball analogy man yeah you got a guy who's been putting up offers and I, he steps in the box and you got a pitcher throwing nothing but fastballs you're probably betting on that guy to come out of his slump so i think uh i think joe barry's gonna get it going this year for us guys. I really do. This, like Jacob said, Jacob's only given them this season, so he better do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And what's crazy is like everybody loved him after the first year, right? right? It was, man, that's exactly what we needed. Holy cow. This defense is trending in the right direction. And then you take a step back, but people don't want to realize you lose Rashawn Gary, right? Rashawn Gary is your best edge defender. Guys, that's a premier position. That's a tier one of importance yep. position. You yep. lose an all-pro outside linebacker, all-pro caliber outside linebacker, edge defender, right? Yep. Of course your your defense is going to take a hit, right, on top of blown coverages and everything. Let's go through the chat here. And, again, United Bates, thank you for smacking the hornet's nest. We appreciate the super chat, bub. Here we go. Let's hit the comments. I know um, there's going to be many disagreeing, and that's totally cool. That's what we're wanting. Um, our shower says if we aren't a top 12 defense with our talent, Joe Barry has got to be the issue. Okay, let me ask you this. Were they a top 12 talent with were they a top 12 defense with that same talent under the previous defensive coordinator? I'll wait for your answer. The answer is no. Nope. Right? Why did we run Dom Capers out before we bring in Mike Pettin? Right? 
So Dom Capers was the problem. Mike Pettin was the problem. Now Joe Barry's the problem. I'm sorry, guys. Maybe there might be something to how we scout DBs. Now, immediately you think, okay, who were the great DBs in Packers history, right? The more recent history. Charles Woodson, right? They didn't scout him. They signed him in free agency, yep. right? What do we always go to when we draft DBs? We go for extremely high ceilings, right? And, I mean, think, remember Josh Jackson? Josh Jackson was supposed to be the next the next great thing. Remember Kevin the King? Remember Demarius through the roof? Remember right? Amon Carroll? Yes. Quint, like Quentin Rollins, Demarius Randall. And I guarantee you there's people right now that are saying, but Clayton, those are different GMs. Guys, it's the same family of GMs. They all come from the Ron Wolf school of thought, right? Every one of them do. So, uh, again, it, you, if, if we've got all the talent in the world, when are they going to put it together? And there's another comment I want to get to here in a minute. Um, Mike Heverine, this is a, a comment you hear a lot too. Joe Barry may not be the problem, but he sure as hell ain't the solution. Other the way he works, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> That's that is a valid point, and I'll tell you why. Because if you take, it's one thing to say he isn't the problem, which is what I'm saying, but it's another thing to say, oh no, he he's the solution for this defense. I'm not saying he is a top ten defensive coordinator. I'm simply saying when you turn on the tape. He he weren't he wasn't making mistakes last year. You've seen the players making mistakes, and again, like Tim pointed out, the players took ownership of that. Right. Um, next chat, Cheesehead Murph. I'm fine with Joe Barry as long as he uses the personnel to their strengths. Absolutely. Now, the only problem with that is Murph, and this is the thing I struggle with. Like Eric Stokes, right? A lot of people don't want to accept the fact that Eric Stokes was hot garbage before he got hurt last year. You know, one of the things that changed when this defense got better in the mid stretch of the season was or kind of the the third of the 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 third part of the quarter of the season if that makes sense right you've got you know your first four four to five games your next four to five games it was that third four games that stretch that the defense really cranked it up guys Eric Stokes was out of the lineup I mean he's supposed to be a man coverage corner right and they literally throw a go ball he's in deep man coverage mod whatever you want to call it and he doesn't even turn to find the ball that's not on the defensive coordinator it's not, right? Um, it's just the way I see it. Uh, so pro Joe Barry has been calling good plays up in the sky booth. I completely, uh, completely agree. And like these guys were saying, man, that makes all the sense in the world to me. I want to be able to see everything. I don't know why you would want to be on the sideline as, as a play caller. That makes no sense. E even with Matt LaFleur being the play caller, I don't like that he's on the field like that. You know, I really don't. Now, your head coach ain't going to go up in the booth. I understand that. But if you've got a play caller up there communicating with the head coach, and maybe he does have, you know, a quote-unquote spotter up there. I'm sure he does. But, yeah, I, I'm completely uh, in agreement there. And so is Cheesehead Murph. Um, Emilio in the chat, tape never lies. And also, like he said, the guys took responsibility. Absolutely. Um, this is a good one right here. John Schmidt says, isn't it Barry's job to make sure the guys are coached up and not confused, though? Okay, so what you're saying there, John, think about this. Think about it. You're saying that Jair Alexander, the highest paid corner in the entire National Football League, needs the defensive coordinator to make sure he isn't confused on a quarter's coverage mod. Man, I, I drew it up. I drew it up on Chalk Talk. Guys, I'm an idiot. I'm a moron. And if I can understand the responsibility, I guarantee you Jair understands the responsibility. Jair got caught peeking. He got caught peeking underneath and got burned deep. That's what happened. Same thing happened against Terry McLaurin in Washington. When the go-ahead touchdown, you know, that go-ahead touchdown to McLaurin, he beat Jair over the top, right? It is what it is. Good players get beat sometimes too. But, uh, again, though, yeah, it's his job to coach them up. But 
if you're, if you, no one's going to convince me and we can just respectfully disagree. No one's going to convince me that it's Joe Barry's job to make sure that Jair Alexander, the highest paid corner in the league doesn't blow his assignment. Okay. He should, if anything, he should be doing the things like what Tim was talking about. Uh, Kenny Clark's doing after practice year this year in training camp, keeping the guys and helping other people understand their assignment. That's what Leroy Butler did. That's what Charles Woodson did making the, the players around them better, making them helping them understand the scheme. Nick Collins was great at it back in the day as well. Roger Davis in the chat, players make plays, coaches put them in a position to make the play. That is correct. All you can do is draw up a scheme to put your guys in a position to win, i.e. Keyshawn Nixon with the nickel blitz on a read option, i.e. quarter coverage against a team when you're up by 10 points and not letting them beat you deep. And, you know, that's on the player when that happens personally. So, um, all right, let's see here. Let's get ready to wrap this thing up. I just want to hit on some of those chats because, man, I'm telling you, um, my man stirred the pot, and I love it, dude. I love conversations like this, United Base. And, again, guys, the ones I'm disagreeing with, I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong. I'm just giving you my opinion, and we can respectfully disagree. That's just what I'm seeing when I watch the tape. That's all that is. Um, let's see here. I like this right here. So pro, yes, sir. Finally, full-time Slayton and Wyatt. Dude, I'm telling you, last year, Jacob, I know you would agree with this, Tim. I'm sure you would too. To think that we have Wyatt and TJ Slayton out there this year, as opposed to, um, you know, obviously Kenny was out there last year, as opposed to Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed, huge improvement, right? I'm saying, man. It's, it's, it's night and day. And plus the fact that, um, I mean, like, not just those two, but like we talked about Kobe and Brooks and, Oh my God, dude. Like <laughs> even, uh, I just imagine the depth. I mean, like it's just, we have young guys they are hungry. They have almost been disrespected by being told that like, you're not going to be good. You guys don't have any chance. Still to this day, when you think about people talking about who the NFC North, who the winners are going to be, nobody talks about the Packers. There's like maybe three or four guys that are out there being like, Hey, Jordan loves like pretty dang good, you know? And the defense is pretty darn good. They got like eight, first round draft picks on that defense or something like that. Like that's pretty good guys. And no, um, one thing too, is like in the chat, I see you guys are interacting with each other and it's, uh, it's like very cordial. You guys are like going back and forth at each other, but it's in a very respectable way. And I want to keep that because this channel is not going to be about doing needless drama and fighting back and forth. This is about presenting information and then having a debate about that information. We're not trying to tell you that we're smart, that you're dumb. We know anything more than you do. We're just saying this is what I think, and then you can say what you think, and then let's just please keep it cordial because, honestly, it's been great. Everything's great so far, so I just don't want it to look and get into some weird sloppy dirt gutter swamp internet crap, <laughs> which is what everything is nowadays. The whole world's full of dirt swamp internet crap. Why don't we just keep it? We're, we're keeping it good here. Anyways, I appreciate you all. You guys are doing great. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And Emilio had a problem earlier. We were talking about it offline. He was trying to join the, the PTA posse. He's sending me screenshots from his phone. He has no join tab, no join option. It was so strange. So he basically made a donation to the channel. So he's going to be entered into the contest as well. But it sounds like uh, United Bates. Uh, I don't know if he did another uh, thing where he donated to other people and gifted it, but regardless, pretty cool stuff. All right, let's get ready to wrap this thing up. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us. I do want to give a shout out to the newest uh, PTA Posse members. Matter of fact, I'm going to go check real quick and make sure there wasn't any more because if I'm understanding the chat correctly, there may have been a few gifted there. Uh, Tim, parting thoughts, buddy. You got anything else for us? Uh, excited for the game. 
Uh, I tweeted about it earlier. Uh, the season, my first season as a local Packers fan kicks off tomorrow. I'm very excited. I'm uh, going to have a little driveway tailgate party with the missus. So uh, go Pack Go. It's going to be a close game, I think, uh, closer than a lot of us would like to think it would be. But we're coming out with the dub because our defense is going to be smothering and our offense is going to be lights out. Guys, go Pack Go. Love it. Jacob, what you got, buddy? I I just can't get over I keep reading the chat, man. You guys are awesome. So it looks like that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think that uh, United Faith gifted a bunch of more stuff. I don't know. Maybe Carly Ray is asking what's going on. Emilio is saying he gifted a bunch more. Um, Mr. Cheesehead Murph is in there. You guys are you guys are great. I'm just saying, um, keep this love that we got going. This is going to be like the best, dude. I'm I'm so excited for this year. You guys should be excited. We have a lot of really positive things going on, and it's only going to get better. It, like everything that we've built coming into this season just feels like it's coming to a really great fruition. We finally got a lot of people that are just like they get what we're doing, guys, and and you guys get what we're doing, and it's it's just fun, man. Nobody takes themselves too seriously, um, and we try to just have like an even keel, like we talked about, man. It's just nobody makes nobody thinks that they're smarter than anybody. We're just throwing out ideas, talking about Packer football, and what's what's better than that, dude? Tomorrow, less than twelve hours away, we have Packers football, guys. Yeah, we I made mean, it. Holy! I should say probably a little more than twelve hours, but love it. It's yeah, so coming. it's common. So I went through the YouTube members page because I've been jotting them down and putting them in the database. Because uh, midnight tonight is the cutoff, so a bunch of people just slid in um, at the last second here, and I'm just going to tell you this right now: my my wrist is going to be hurting because it looks like United Bates just donated a bunch more. So I'm going to try to rattle off the newest YouTube members here, okay? We've got, uh, I think it's Damier, the Dragon, Goose, Mark Thompson, John Smith, Robot Stranding, Johnny Bacon, Bass Droob, (laughs) Hip Hop Anonymous, Elevated (laughs) Shine, (laughs) R Showers, Allison Tuckwab. I hope I'm saying that right. (laughs) Man, these names are, some some of them are, I don't know if they're serious or not. I'm afraid I'm going to say something inappropriate. Bombaclot Seb, <laughs> Jake K, Shannon Burton, the number one Packer fan, John Jacob, Derek After Dark, uh, MF Doom, um, Chuck Freisinger, 18 May, Felix K, Eric Moore, Tony Young, Garrett McBride, <laughs> Weasel, B Form, LeBron Legacy Podcast. Uh, Brian uh, Buttle, Melissa Hare, C. Bishop, Mark Booth, Jason Woodruff, Todd Vandersize, uh, IROC, <laughs> Sergeant McClellan, and Sir. That name is in, I believe, Japanese. Hey, welcome. You probably don't understand a thing I'm saying. I promise you, you I barely speak English. We got Luke. No, no. <laughs> Eric T., Life of Mary. Dude, it's on and on and on. I That's think I'm awesome. about done. Yeah, let me let me let me finish these up. I'm sorry. I'm Wildies. Is that Jason Wildy? Is he a member now? I don't know. Um, let's see. Con Steve, Jason Griffin, Vinny Hugo, Bill the Butcher, Tucker H, I Heezy 340, uh, Tat Chad, Dan Glossy, and Patricia P. Um, hey, welcome to the PTA Posse. And I'm telling you, I've got I'm gonna be up late tonight filling this wheel out so we can spin it tomorrow. So all of you are entered into the contest to win the autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey like this one right here. And also 
a piece, a small piece of a game-worn jersey of Aaron Rodgers that Jacob's giving away. We're going to spin the wheel once tomorrow on the post-game show. It's going to, we're going to go live immediately following the game. We'll spin the wheel once. The first winner will get the autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey. The second time through, the second winner will get that uh, that small patch of the Aaron Rodgers auto, or Aaron Rodgers game worn jersey. So, again, United Bates, dude, you're everything that's Thank right, you. world, bro. You're awesome. Um, and uh, when we wrap this uh, podcast up, every time what we say, it's people like you that we're talking about, man. That's how, that's how you make the the uh, the world a better place. So I want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys were awesome. Thank you for bringing your honest opinions because if it's the old Bill Walsh, understand that Matt LaFleur's system in this offense, right, it's a West Coast offense, okay? It goes all the way back to Bill Walsh, and Bill Walsh created a front office, right, a front office that that kind of, you know, Ron Wolf kind of come from Oakland, but they briefly crossed paths when they were uh, when they were in Oakland. Bill Walsh was there for a season, and that's where he uh, he actually met Ron Wolf the first time. You've got all these ties between Bill Walsh's coaching tree, his front offices to the Green Bay Packers, right, and all across the rest of the league. And a Bill Walsh quote was one of his most famous quotes was, "If we're all thinking alike, then no one is thinking at all." Okay, that's what I love about our chat. It's exactly what Jacob was talking yes. about. Yep. That we can disagree, but do it in a respectful way and come away learning from each other. That's that's the name of the game. So I want to thank everybody in the chat again. United Bates, you're absolutely awesome. Thank you so much, dude. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. All right, guys, we're still live, but I just need you to direct your attention to the lower left. Look at Elevated Shine's picture. <laughs> Prison Matt. Prison Matt in the house. Hey, y'all have a good night. Talk to y'all tomorrow. Go back, go. Dude. <laughs>